Welcome to the Fitnatics. I'm here with Dina Michael, who is the Executive Director of the Leadership Impact Network. Welcome, Dina. How are you today? I'm doing great. Hi, Susie. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being a part of this very important three-part series on women, wellness, and wealth. So let's get right into it, Dina. If you don't mind sharing a little bit about your background and yourself. Absolutely. About 21 years ago, I was um, introduced to an event and I didn't really know what to expect. I was in college at the time. I was studying film, never thought of anything financial related. And I came to a workshop and I learned some concepts. And I'm sure, you know, if we don't have the time to get into it today, I'm sure you can go on Google and you can search for the rule of 72 or, you know, concepts about compound interest. And I remember having a few big aha moments. And it was kind of, it started this like discovery journey for me as a student originally, where I made some decisions about my future. I knew I wanted to have a family. I knew I wanted to be financially independent. So it started this financial literacy journey. And through that journey, I decided to get licensed and then another license. And it really became not just a passion, but a purpose and a career 20 years later. Uh, I love doing what I do every day, which is financial education for people from all walks of life. So sometimes I always say, you know, you never know where different paths are going to lead you. Sometimes you might have just an eye-opening conversation that can mm -hmm. set you up for a totally different trajectory in your life. Mm -hmm. And so stay open-minded, but that's kind of how that all started two decades ago. Wow. So right now, uh, tell us, how do you educate uh, individuals when it comes to financial preparedness? Well, I think step number one, since the topic is, you know, being financially fit, and this is especially a very near and dear topic to my heart, um, mostly because I'm one of nine children. So there are seven girls in my family and two boys. Uh, my father's been a school teacher for over 30 years. So education has always been a thing. And for me, you know, I saw people around me in my life that were doing really, really well. And they were kind of on that extreme. Uh, they were wealthy and they were well off and had a lot of financial freedom. And then I also saw people around me that had a lot of struggle. And I'm sure, you know, if you reflect on the people in your life right now, I'm sure that, you know, it affects you and you start to make some decisions about what kind of lifestyle you want to have. And I know that I made some decisions that I want to help people become makers, not just takers, how to be able to stand on your own two feet. So how we do this is we just start by having the important conversations, mm. by asking the important questions. You know, what track are you on right now? What are your numbers? What do you want? Where are you going? I know that this sounds really basic, but you would be surprised how few people are having these meaningful conversations in a healthy way with people they care about, about money and their goals around their finances. Dina, why do you think that is the case? Being in the industry for over 20 years, as you said, you know, do you feel that that is a result mainly as just not wanting to have those difficult conversations? Because I can speak for myself. It, it did definitely take me some time to get to the point to start talking about finances and feeling like, should I, do I need a financial planner? You know, I'm, I'm not in the million dollar category or anything like that, but you know, is there a middle ground? I think sometimes people feel like, 
well, you know, I'm just make X, Y, Z. I'll be good. I'll be fine. Or I've got a pension coming. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think I remember when somebody told me, you know, they actually asked me in the form of a question. They said, what what nation are we here? And I I just kind of looked and went, well, what do you mean? And they said, well, we're the nation of procrastination. And I'm sure you feel that way in the fitness world too, right? I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. I'm going to start eating healthy tomorrow. The diet starts tomorrow. And I think that translates into, into the finances as well. And I think that there's this kind of like concept, like when I get rich, when I win the lottery, when I get an inheritance, then I'll like learn about money or I'll tackle that later. But one of the concepts that I learned that shifted my entire life was that building these habits, whether it's $50 a month or $100 a month. This is what gives you the discipline. It gives you that muscle power. It gets you to be stronger over a long period of time. And as you work that, especially if you start younger and you allow money to work for you over a long period of time, this is what I was able to put into practice, whether it was for myself or the people that I care about or the people that we were having these conversations with. And it became a game changer. So it's not about making these big, bold moves. It's about the little small things that we're doing in a consistent way over a continual period of time that's going to make that big impact. So I think um, recognizing that the time is now, I mean, it was yesterday, not procrastinating because the math that we can do another day, if anybody's like interested in really learning the numbers, we can always do some math around what the effect of waiting one year or waiting two years Mm -hmm. to plan, to save, to invest, to learn, to build, to grow. So what's the effect? Most people think, oh, it's not a big deal. It's an extra 3,000 or 5,000. No, it could be a 100,000, 200,000, $300,000 retirement mistake. So Mm -hmm. this is where similarly just taking action today is what's going to be the game changer. And also like having these types of conversations with the people that we care about, asking Mm -hmm. questions. Dina, you're speaking my language. Seriously, when we're talking about financial wellness and, and health, definitely consistency, habits, you know, all those types of actions are the same uh, concepts that come into play when we're talking about our health and our fitness and our wellness. So hand in hand, so very important to recognize that, that we're not talking about these extremes. You don't have to be, as you said, you know, know every aspect of the market or uh, anything like that. You just have to develop, like you initially said, a plan. What do, what are the numbers? Where are we at? What do you want? And those conversations, although yes, I, I can attest to it. Not, I don't know why it's just felt so uneasy, <laughs> but yeah. I think just like with anything, when you go, if you're the first time we're going to the gym at the beginning of the year, how do you feel? Uneasy, uncomfortable, don't know what to ask, don't know where to do, what to do. So definitely individuals like yourself are so important um, to grab you by the hand, so to speak, and walk you through the process. Uh, yeah. so let's talk about this what if factor when it comes to financial preparedness. What does that mean? What, what if factor? Uh, you know, most of us out there, when we're working our regular everyday life, you know, we're thinking about basic things. We're all very busy and we kind of get in this spin or this day-to-day routine, if you will, right? But if you really sit back and you think about what matters the most, and then you go through whether it's your life journey or the people that you care about, and you take some time to observe, just observe people that are 10 years older than you, people that are 20 years older than you. Think about what they've worked so hard for and how they're doing. Just take some time to reflect. And you're going to start to notice that 
people get sick, they get injured, they get disabled, they get diagnosed, they pass away. Sometimes it's a big mess cleaning up the aftermath of some of that. Sometimes people are prepared financially, sometimes they're not. I remember getting some advice early on and I was told to sit with people that were you know, in my field 30 years in and ask them how they were doing in all areas of their life and use that as a guiding kind of measuring light to determine if this was a path I want to be on or not. And so taking some time to just observe and evaluate what if, what if something did happen to your health that was significant enough where maybe you wouldn't be able to continue staying at the job, right? Maybe something were to need to be in place for your loved ones, for your spouse, for your children. So these were the things that I started to kind of pay attention to. And similarly, as I got into the industry and over and over and over, when I started to really see the impact of how just life, the ups and downs of life happen for all of us, I started to learn all the different ways that we can kind of plug some of the holes to be prepared for the what if factor. So what if, like when I think about it, I think about the statistics. I think about how four out of four of us at some point, meaning 100% of us are going to pass away. 70% of us, especially as women, at some point in our lifetime, we're gonna need help for our healthcare, maybe assisted living, maybe like this, these are realities that we need to face and it's better to be smart about it up front, it's not just better, it's probably less expensive and less stressful. And you get to really plan out what kind of life you wanna have, not just for the short term, but for the midterm and for the long term. So the what if factor is really asking yourself like what's possible? And really what's possible for all of us is what? We're either gonna live many, 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 many years and there are people that pass on in their sleep. It doesn't happen often. Most people first get sick and then pass on, right? But it happens. Mm -hmm. So other people are worried more about what's going to happen with my healthcare. Mm -hmm. Am I going to run out of money at some point, right? These are the what if factors to have meaningful conversations about and make some plans around. So in your opinion, Dina, what are some key factors um, that we should be looking at in terms of being prepared financially for those types of situations? I think that, you know, number one, teaching money that you are the boss means that you have a plan for every dollar. Now, obviously you want to live your life. You know, people say to me all the time, they say life is short. And I'm like, well, life could be short. It's true. But life could also be very long especially for people that I meet along the way that have the trifecta. They're old and sick and broke at the same time. And I've had those difficult conversations with them. We've seen the tears. And so really, when you think about what should we be doing, we need to be really smart about having money allocated into buckets I mentioned earlier, short-term, mid-term, long-term, same thing goes for diversification, not putting all your eggs in one basket. There are accounts that can grow aggressively. There are accounts that can grow more conservatively. So even if we're talking about $100 every month, if somebody starts small, it's about those habits. Mm -hmm. So for example, if somebody has $100 a month, mm -hmm. are you putting $40 here and then 30 and 30? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then 
Next month, you challenge yourself to do 150 and 200 and 250. And that's how I got started. So mm-hmm. somebody taught me the concept of buckets. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, back in the day, it was envelopes. Now it's accounts, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not the jars. That's right. But yeah. You can allocate into different buckets. And you want to make sure that you're leveraging different types of engines, different cars in the garage. Mm-hmm. There are different accounts that have different types of strengths. Some accounts will have benefits to take care of you in case you get sick or injured. Some -hmm. accounts are going to have benefits when it comes to tax advantages. Some accounts are going to have benefits for retirement growth and compound interest. Some -hmm. of them are going to take on a little bit of risk. So it's just like really divvying it up. There are some accounts that you can start with $25 a month or $50 a month. So learning how to get started, whether it's small or it's on a bigger scale, you know, divvying it up, having those buckets. That handles the what if, because what if, I mean, nobody has that crystal ball. Is that right? I don't have it. I don't know who's going to be here for that much longer. And I don't know who's going to face a tragedy Mm -hmm. at the same time, you know, making sure that all of us, you know, have, have something in place Mm -hmm. is, is all that we can do. It's the putting your best foot forward. I feel like um, definitely a lot of what you shared, Gina, has resonated big time with myself and I'm sure it will with my audience. And one of the things that you talked about was when you were younger and just kind of being observant, watching, looking um, at those that were in your field and, and, and what's going on 10 years down the line, 30 years down the line, et cetera. And I feel as for myself in my profession and feel in working with individuals that are in my age group, older and beyond, that I have learned. I did watch to say, oh, like, wow, this person's retired, they're traveling, or they just purchased a home, or this person, you know, just different scenarios that to be quite honest, I hadn't thought about before then until I was exposed and started being observant of, hmm, okay, and yes, then people do get sick and people get hurt. And then what happens then? And they need more care. So definitely, I do believe 100% that if we can, no matter what situation we are at this moment, we can definitely benefit from being observant if we want to uh, be mindful, right? And we have intention to make decisions for our future financially and physically and, and, and well-being overall. The other component of that, I feel like, you know, so it's so critical when it comes to having those conversations once again. But I also think that listening and, and observing once again, when things don't go right, as you said, what if this, what if that? Most of us, Dina, and I'm sure you're going to back me up on this, we're not thinking that direction. I think more people think the opposite, like, oh, nothing's going to happen to me, as you said. So what, can you give us some percentages on, on those individuals that really, you know, start making financial decisions and plans? What age do people typically start? And I know you said we can start anytime. Yeah. You know, and this is what's really inspiring. I feel like nowadays, um, people that are under the age of 25 have mm-hmm. this real hunger. They want to learn about investing. They want to have financial freedom. So the good news is we're starting to see a shift mm. you know, before it was like, you know, stick your head in the sand and we're not going to talk about that. And there was a lot of pain around money and there was a lot of shame around money. And, you know, nobody really talks about it. And it's very hush hush now money. Everyone, you know, wants to be educated about how to be smart financially. So that's the good thing. You know, it's good to know that even though, I mean, half of people don't have a retirement plan. That's pretty shocking, 
right? Mm-hmm. We know that there are enormous amount of people are going to be dependent. Nowadays, retirement age keeps getting pushed out, 67, 68, 69, mm-hmm. right? It's not so much about like retiring. It, you know, people, people can continue working, especially if they're passionate about their work and it keeps mm-hmm. them active. It's about being able to afford to retire. It's about being in a position where you're okay. You can actually breathe. You can spend time with your loved ones. You have options. That's what financial freedom is. It's having options. You know, what else blew my mind more than anything was doing what I do. When I see people and we, we just talk about their goals, typically I'll ask them and I'll say, well, well, what do you have now in place? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the what if factor. What if you passed away? Do you have a will? Do you have a trust? Mm-hmm. Most people don't even know the importance of that. You don't have your house in a trust that goes through probate. That could take a long time. That could be really expensive. Mm -hmm. Who's going to take care of your kids if something happens to you? Do you have that in writing? So Mm -hmm. I remember asking these questions and so many people would look at me and they would say, Dina, can you tell me what I have? And they would show me their statements and they can't repeat back to me what they have or what the costs are or what the funds are, you know, what those fees are, how aggressive it is, what they're invested in. There's a huge lack of financial literacy. And then what blew me away even more was, yes, I would go to beautiful homes. People have nice cars and they might have a nice nice lifestyle, but I would see people that are still living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember learning how people who struggle and, um, you know, they, they, they have a mindset that money is there to pay bills. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's their relationship with money. People that are mid-America, you know, average income, average lifestyle, their mentality is the more money I make, the more I upgrade. So I get a raise, I get a nicer house, I get a nicer car, right? I have nice things. That means I'm successful. But wealthy people, they learn the secrets of money and they learn how to put their money to work for them. That's Mm -hmm. the difference. Mm -hmm. So really figuring out how, where am I going? How am I trying to get there? right? Let's plug some of these potential what if Mm -hmm. these hazards that whether they're going to show up now or later, right? Mm -hmm. We all know what the future holds at some point or another, whether it's not for me, it might be for a partner, it might be for a parent, it might be for a child. Let's face it. Let's have a plan so that when that time comes, we're not scrambling, we're not stressed, we're not dependent, whether it's on the government or on charity or on our mm-hmm. local church or our kids, we're able to stand on our own two feet. Amen to that, Dina. Yes. And that's why we're having these conversations. And that's why I really feel very uh, fortunate to have you here today to share some of this information with us. Um, can you share a story? Because I think a lot of times we, you know, we may ha- have it in our families or friends because why? People don't want to talk about it, right? They don't want to talk about, oh, I have a financial strain here or there. So sometimes we just kind of, as you said, we just go along and we're just kind of struggling, you know, internally. If you could share, you know, a situation or two where someone really did plan for, you know, emergency financial preparedness and perhaps someone who did not and just kind of give us a, an idea how that really plays into life. Wow. I mean... As you were asking me the question, um, I have so many stories to choose from, but I started to get emotional. Um, And the first story that jumped out um, for me is a personal story. Um, I remember when I got my first life insurance policy, I was 20 years old. And most financial advisors um, would say, 
uh, that's ridiculous. You don't need a life insurance policy. Uh, by the way, at the time, of course, I didn't have kids. Uh, I wasn't married. I was not a homeowner. I was a good saver. Um, but I really wanted those things. Like I knew from a young age that I was going to have a family of my own. I wanted to get married. I wanted to buy property. And I sat down with somebody and they told me that I should buy life insurance. And I also knew that I never wanted to be a burden. That was always very important to me. I, I wanted to make sure whether it was my parents or my siblings, I didn't want anyone else to have to take care of me financially. Never wanted to knock on anybody's door and ask for help. And so I remember getting that life insurance policy. 10 years later, I had just had my first baby. I was actually, I was about to turn 30. It was a few weeks before my 30th birthday. And at this point, now I have a baby. <laughs> now I'm married. Um, now I'm a homeowner. And I got the news that I was diagnosed with cancer. I will never forget that year of my life, however beautiful, welcoming a newborn and just dealing with that diagnosis, but also just the thoughts that go on in your mind about that what if factor for the future. I wanted to be here for my daughter. I wanted to make sure that we could build memories, but I can't tell you enough how much when I got that diagnosis, however much that was, that was scary. At the same time, I was so thankful. I was grateful that I knew that things were in order. I had certain things taken care of. You know, when it comes to things like insurance, whether it's life insurance, potentially long-term care insurance or disability, these are things that you need certain elements of your health in place. So it's almost like you have a window, you have an asset of insurability. And I had that in my 20s. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I turned 30 and I got that diagnosis, that window was shut, especially for some time. And so this is where what you want to be doing is you want to make sure that you're leveraging all the assets that you have in the moment, because some of these assets might not be able to be taken advantage of later. And so that sense of relief, knowing that there were plans in place, several different types of plans that I knew that I had my ducks in a row. This is what I want to say inspires me, especially for people that are young. By the way, there are certain things that are going to get way more expensive later on. And you're going to be very thankful that you took care of it when you were younger. You know what I mean? And that made sense to me. So I went ahead and did that. But yeah, the what if factor is real. It's happened to me on many different occasions. And I'm really grateful for the lessons learned younger so that I can appreciate the moment and also help others to do the same. Fantastic. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Dina. That, that definitely is um, strong, uh, powerful incentive for anyone who hears this message of the importance of planning. Because just like within, you know, our health and our wealth, we don't know what the future holds, but we can have a plan. Yes. And, and I think that, you know, that kind of breaks the iceberg, so to speak, where like, okay, we don't have to start here. We can start right here and we can roll from there. And I think that that, for me, is very important when it comes to our mindset, right? Our mindset's key in all of this. And if we have a mindset where we are prepared, this growth mindset, we are able when these things come our way because they are gonna come in one form or another, we're not taken down for the count. We may, you know, 
stutter for a second, but we're like, okay, but I remember yeah. this is you. I've, I've got a plan. I've got a plan. Something's there. I'm not going to crumble. And I, I feel like mentally that really reduces a significant, not everything, but a significant amount of stress that we put on our bodies. And, and you most likely know the, how stress does impact the body. It's, it's toxic to our body. So if there's any way that we can reduce or minimize some of that by having a plan in action, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You use the word crumble, which was, which was a good word because the way I look at it, you know, building, whether it's your health and building your wealth, you got to have a foundation. And if you don't have a strong foundation, it all crumbles. And I think, you know, when I, when I thought, think about the pillars, you know, creating a strong, let's use like the pyramids in Egypt. God, those have been around for thousands of years. I mean, people from all over the world come to see this incredible feat of building these pyramids that have lasted and endured centuries. How? Because they have that strong foundation made out of great material. The foundation of anything is the what if factor. When you know you have a plan for what if I pass away? What if I get sick? What if I get injured? What if I get disabled? You're taking care of that first. Then you can build short-term savings, mid-term savings, long-term investing, estate planning, you know, fun money, fun in the fundamentals. That's important too, but you can't build unless you have that solid foundation. So let's talk about that foundation. Um, what, how would you describe that? What does that foundation look like for somebody? To, so they can determine where do I go next? Is it yeah. the emergency, you know, fund, or am I going into insurance? You know, what, what, what do you, what does it foundation look like in your opinion? Well, when I think about, let's just say what kind of assets or liabilities are kind of like the big ones for most of us, you know, it's our house, it's our car, right? Mm -hmm. Not our cell phone. It's interesting to me. People have insurance to protect their cell phone That's because true. what if my cell phone falls in the swimming pool? What if my kid takes my cell phone and throws it across the room and it cracks the screen? People protect that. They buy insurance on their cell phone. And sometimes I have to ask people, I say, well, what matters the most in your life? You and your health and your wellness. So we got to protect that first. That's critical. And so typically I'll ask questions about, do you have life insurance? What type of life insurance do you have? Does it expire from your job or is it an asset that you own? And if you're getting something that's very affordable or reasonable or small, there's something called term, right? Term protection. Well, there are living benefits too, not just benefits in case you die. So there's very competitive modern strategies out there that are kind of like a hybrid account. So if you can't afford to do everything, we can do one type of strategy that kind of checks a few boxes all at once. Mm. So just learning what's out there to make sure that you're protecting the most valuable assets, right? You, your retirement, your money, there are ways to protect your money. There are ways to protect your health and your long-term long care. So these are the things that I would really be looking at before we had a conversation about saving, investing, building wealth. It's like, would you drive a brand new car off the lot that you just worked so hard for, you just earned it, and would you drive it off the lot without having car insurance? No. Right. But we're walking around every day working so hard, but it's bigger than just paying the bills. Yeah. If we can really sit down and learn, wow, there's an extra 200 or 300 or 500 a month. Where can I situate this mm -hmm. so that my, my emergency, my, my 
foundation is taken care of and then we can build up, I've seen massive change happen for people. I've seen the habits, the discipline, the growth, take people from one year to the next where they look back. And if it's five years or 10 years or 15 years that go by, all the compound pounding of making small, consistent decisions adds up to financial independence, to peace of mind, peace of what's that worth. And that exactly. What's it worth? I mean, I know for me, it's everything. (laughs) Peace of mind is, is, is extremely important. So let's go from here. So having that financial foundation, um, what's most important, the next step after that you mentioned would be, you know, the savings, the insurance, what, in what order would you suggest or recommend for individuals? Yeah. Well, this is where step number one, and, you know, I know, um, you know, we can always talk about this at some point, but people are more than welcome to hop on and learn about what we call our money discovery process, mm-hmm. where typically we gather information and determine where you're at in the stage of your money journey. Yes. So for most people, that foundation is first taking a look at the policies in place mm-hmm. for that what if factor. That's usually what we do first. And once we know that you're covered, be it the right types of policies, because we also see people that have policies from years ago, or they're only through their job. They're not going to be able to take that with them later. And if they are, it's very expensive. So we've seen all kinds of situations. So what we want to do is first make sure that that foundation of insurance or having a a will in place. And if there are kids or a house, you want to have a trust. So, you know, taking care of some of that. And then beyond that, whatever's left over, you know, whatever's in the budget. And that's a whole nother conversation because there are people who think that they don't have money. And when, by the time we go through the actual numbers, I really encourage people to take three months worth of bills, sit down with a highlighter and actually go through in an organized way and take a look at where your money's going. By the way, that's step number one. Most people um, do not know. They have no idea. They don't have an Excel spreadsheet. When I get Excel spreadsheets from clients, I'm, I'm always really proud of them because it's rare and few and far between. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, most people don't know what's coming in and what's going out exactly. And sometimes I ask them, like, how much can you put away? And they don't know. So we have to really look at the numbers over the last three months. And by the way, many times we can find money that's being mm-hmm. wasted. All these subscriptions that you clicked on that you forgot about, that you just kind of like set and then you forgot about it. Those are the types of cancellations that need to happen that could be saving you hundreds of dollars a month. And sometimes you're, you are subscribing to things that you don't need all of them. You just need one of them, right? Like you don't need Amazon Prime and Hulu and Netflix and, and right. Right. So, So here's where we can always find the money. And then we have a conversation about like, what do you want versus what do you need? Like, are there things that you can cut out? And there, this is not about like giving up and sacrificing because we, we do believe in the, the value of abundance and, and believing that you can build towards and live a lifestyle that you enjoy and that you love, but it's also living responsibly, right? It's remembering that you could live a very long life and a very short life. And so we want to kind of cover our bases here, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going through some of that journey for people. Some people are a lot more advanced. 
Some people already have financial advisors. Some people, you know, they are on top of it and they've got multiple buckets in place already for retirement. There are others that they have some buckets in place, but it's all invested and they want some protection. So, you know, it's really case by case, but that's why I encourage people to do that money discovery journey and, and learn and read and ask questions and bring your significant other into the conversation as well. Um, bring your family into the conversation so that you're not just growing and winning, but everybody else is affected positively as well at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you made, you made a statement earlier and I'm, I'm going to agree a thousand percent with you because I see it in my own family. And I have uh, a nephew who's, I think he's in his early 20s. And, you know, since he graduated from high school and is in college now, it's money and savings and, you know, talking about it when, when I was that age, you know, not like, unlike you, should I say, I wasn't thinking about, I wasn't thinking about savings and retirement, anything like that at that age. So I definitely agree that it's very positive to know that some of the younger generation, not everyone, but does have more of a focus on finances not once, and, and this is just my personal opinion, not necessarily so that we can rule the world with all this money, but just for, as you said, peace of mind, independence. And I think those two alone are significant enough to have the conversations, to get the education um, in order to be successful in all areas in life, not just financially, but just personally as an individual. So, um, well said within that. And definitely those trends are there with those, the younger generation is what I'll call it. Um, however, when it comes to myself, I just recently turned 50 and, you know, and, and some of my clients and, and they're in my age group or a little bit older. I do see the things that you've talked about. I have seen illnesses. I have seen surgeries. I have seen individuals pass away, uh, spouses pass away. And, you know, those things do happen. And I think that, as you said, when we have the plan in place and we have a, uh, something that we can move towards and we have someone, just as I coach my individuals on fitness mindset and, and, um, and, and nutrition, to have someone like yourself or someone from your team who can give them the coaching uh, support, uh, the information, the education, and allow them to make decisions. But I think that having a financial coach is just as important as having a health and wellness coach. Because once again, as we talked about from the beginning, they go hand in hand. And I don't know all the answers because that's not my air expertise. But I just feel like, why wouldn't you, as you said, we get insurance for our cell phones, why wouldn't we take the time to, you know, take care of ourselves, our future, our finances, and our peace of mind? So incredibly, incredibly important, Dina. Thank you for that. Um, it reminds me, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, it, it gets me thinking about how, especially for women, women are caretakers. Women are sacrificing on the jobs to take off time and take care of their kids and take care of their parents. And typically the average female outlives her spouse by about 10 years. Mm -hmm. So think about it. If somebody's spending down their money, taking care of their loved ones, who's going to take care of you? Who's going to take care of us? Yeah. This is why it's so important for women to speak about money and learn about it. So many women I see, they say to me, my husband is going to take care of this or my, my dad, he handles this, you know, or my CPA. And I'm like, well, do you know how it works? Can you make decisions too? 
What if, mm. what if something happens to your partner? What if something happens to your CPA? Mm. Don't you want to be able to drive? Doesn't mean you're driving now, but don't you want to be able to get into the driver's seat so that you can make smart, healthy decisions about what's going to matter to you the most, especially in those final years? Mm. You haven't worked so hard and come this far so that your last few years, you're not in the driver's seat. And you're relying and waiting out of control for somebody else to make the important decisions about how you're going to live a life of dignity or not. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Now, Dina, share with us, please. How can um, someone in in my audience get or at least start uh, getting some type of support uh, when it comes to financial uh, fitness or wellness? Absolutely. Um, our company is uh, all about making an impact. Mm -hmm. So the name is Impact Leadership Network. Mm -hmm. So you can go to theiln.com. So it's theiln.com. And if you kind of click around, you're going to see the money discovery and you can request, you can request um, our free ebook, which is a collection of learnings and teachings and real life examples and illustrations mm -hmm. of all of the types of financial topics we touched on, the what if factor and more, right. <laughs> really the financial basics, you know, uh, how money works essentially. Mm -hmm. So you can get a free copy of the money discovery and you can also request a complimentary, comprehensive, confidential financial review with somebody who's licensed to talk to you about finances. Excellent. Excellent. I'll definitely share that information in the show notes as well. Um, that is Amazing, Dina. Now, the big question here <laughs> is, are you a fitnatic? And if so, how do you stay fit and healthy, Dina? Tell us. Wow, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for asking me. And I'm so thankful to you and your community and everything that you stand for. I really appreciate it because you're absolutely right. What good is it in the world if you've got all the money, if you don't have your health? And wouldn't it be great if you could do both? It doesn't have to be one or the other. Like you said, it goes hand in hand. So thank, thank you for that. Um, but am I, absolutely. I mean, there's two areas that I can think of. Number one, I'm running after my kids all day long. So I can tell you I'm very active. I have four small children and I'm constantly just in motion. <laughs> so that's number one. But then number two, I, I really, you know, I was thinking about this because the other day I took this longevity quiz. Okay. So with insurance, you got to go through underwriting, right? Yeah. And so there's this uh, insurance company that came out with this longevity quiz. And if anybody wants that, they can reach out to me. And I took it with my husband. Now, I've always been a person that I don't smoke, I don't drink, I barely eat. Like I'm really healthy. I, I think that I eat healthy. I love vegetables. Anyway, and I'm filling out this whole quiz. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm not going to make it past a certain age. And my husband who has smoked and he does drink and he's like making it further than me. And I was like, what's, what am I doing wrong here? And I kept trying to tweak it. And what I realized was if I just drink one to two glasses of wine, not more than that, one to two glasses of wine per week, our longevity goes up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's it, girl. Now you got to start drinking. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Cool. And, and there it is. <laughs> Have fun. Have fun. Socialize. Go out. Yeah. Live. That's enjoy right. smile mm -hmm. that's what i'm doing to stay wonderful to stay 
Well, it's obviously working out well for you, Dina. So <laughs> I want to thank you for your time and expertise today. I really appreciate it, Dina. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I want to thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you. And until next time, keep moving. Mm -hmm.